P.S. I Love Hoffman is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Iggy Pop! Amen! Let it wreck! I'm a fucking idiot. Red meat, we crave sustenance. I'm an artist. Hello, my name is Jimmy Cookie. Why don't you have some fun? Fun, fun. Tommy. That's a Whoever she is, I'm going to find her and I'm going to hurt her. I've spent the past three years learning Finnish. <laughs> I'm always home. I'm on cool. This is a process of dehumanization. Shut, 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 shut up. Hey, Hoff fans. Welcome to P.S. I Still Love Hoffman, our love letter to the remarkable career of the late, great, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm still Brian Rodriguez. And I'm still Kyle Reinfried. We're always home, we're always uncool, and we're always ready to watch Phil Seymour Hoffman films again. Because again, Kyle, this is P.S. I still love Hoffman. Yes, and we st- we're still loving him, and we love you guys for chiming in and voting for these movies, although you broke my heart <laughs> by not choosing Along Came Polly, but this is... It's Capote. I mean... You know, what I mean, are you going to do on Valentine's Day now that uh, there's no Along Came Polly for you to watch with your with your beloved? There's the movie doesn't exist anymore. No, but I thought you were, were like I don't want to spoil it. If you're listening out there, Kyle's betrothed. I'm betrothed. You're betrothed. I don't want your your sweetheart to be listening because you told me your Valentine's Day original plans. <laughs> what? I don't have any plans. Yeah, light light a couple candles. <laughs> a little Chef Boyardee. <laughs> oh, no, put the bubble bath on. And no. listen to our audio commentary oh. of Along King Polly. And now it can't happen. Now it can't happen. Thank that, you, guys. That was, thank you for reminding me of these <laughs> just expert, like, romantic ideas for Valentine's Day that I had. Hey, hey, I mean, I like it. That's how I got them. I would That's do it. That's how I can get the ladies. Nothing like that, rightly. Like, hey, you want to listen to something? It's me talking and another yeah. guy talking. Ooh, yeah, I'm going to get real, <laughs> real deep with my boys. No, but you mentioned it today, Kyle. Capote? Capote. Capote. No, Capote. So how are we watching it today, besides on this couch and enjoying each other's company? Uh, technically, uh, I think like Apple TV, it was the... I saw... Since this is, we're recording it on like the first of the month, and I think it was on some streaming service, and it left because it's a new month. Mm. And so, but then I saw it free on Roku channel, but I'm pretty sure Roku channel has commercials. Yeah, we can't do that. So I don't want to do that, because obviously then we'll come out of sync with you guys. So, uh, since obviously I have like an Apple ID and that kind of stuff, I figured I'll rent it on Apple TV. So I did that. Okay. And Sounds we're, good. Right now we're paused at like five seconds, you just kind of see... The line for, I think it's United Artists? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're at timestamp 005. Yes. If you want to get there, we'll give you a second. And if you hear a little something in the background, I'm, we're using new equipment. This is equipment I'm using for foodie films, and if you hear a little bit of stuff in the background, it's laundry being done. Yes, I, I came to do my laundry. We're, we're multitaskers here. <laughs> um, so apologies for that, but whatever. This is We're just chilling. We're yeah. just watching a great movie, Capote. Uh, so if you've queued up to that 005, um, I guess I'll count it down. Yes, I'm or, ready. Well, you have the remote, so you, maybe you should count it down. Okay, so five, four, three, two, one, play. Capote. Capote. And I'm realizing that I uh, probably have the volume too loud, so I'm going to lower that. And uh, 
So I imagine we're going to talk about Infamous today as well. Oh, yeah. Who's the Infamous guy? Why do I always forget his name? Toby Keith. No, Toby Jones. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I know you're a big country guy, so little little country humor. (laughs) I I reckon. (laughs) Sorry. What would it take for you to get a... uh, What is this guy's name? Wait, I'm going to look up this. Truman Capote. No, not Truman Capote. Uh... Philip Seymour Hoffman. No, he's like a rooster in Looney Tunes. Foghorn Leghorn? Foghorn Leghorn tattoo. Mm, is he considered like in like a racist category these days? Because I don't want that. I don't think so. Capote. Capote. Bennett Miller, of course, the rector. Yes. An old chum of Philip Seymour Hoffman's from their summer camp days. Who is the, the third guy who went to camp with them? Dan Futterman. Yeah, Dan Futterman. Screenwriter and sometimes actor as well. I love the way this movie looks. Oh, yeah. I mean, his, his films in general just have a great, great look to them. I'm trying to figure out if I have subtitles on, which I don't think I do, which will make this more difficult. But I'm a, Kansas. Well, nothing, no one's spoken yet, but we still haven't seen any subtitles that say, like, the yeah, wind. Yeah, like, the wind is <laughs> uh, all doing what wind does. Hmm. I don't, like, I've seen this movie so many times, and I forget it. And that's not a bad thing, you know? Every time I watch, I feel like it's a new watch. Yeah, oh, this is, yeah, the whole reveal of that. Of the horrific crime. Yeah, I mean, probably the last time. There we go. I got. I, that was it. It worked. Hello, Nancy. Your subtitles are saying yes. Yes. <laughs> um, just a reminder, guys, to subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Whether you're listening to the aforementioned Apple on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. What a scene. Um. Like, what a way to set the tone, right? Yeah. And it does something really cool when it goes to Truman, if you remember. Mm, I don't. Like, in terms of, like, like, what a stark tone, the flat land. I don't know. I think um, Lost World Jurassic Park did it better with the little <laughs> girl getting attacked and then cutting to Dr. Ian Malcolm in the subway. Which is not on the TV version, unfortunately. Really? But it, so it like it's that stark murder discovery, and then now it's just this party. The stark murder from Civil War. Yes. Or the or from Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. <laughs> and we get the sense of his voice right away, and just I don't know. Did they cast actors who were taller than him here, like extras? I guess so. I or is guess, he just I mean, leaning back? You know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe for certain things, yeah, that maybe they're standing on, if let's pay attention, because I haven't seen like a wide, wide shot, so maybe they're on Apple boxes or something like that, mm. which are just those wooden boxes that they use in production. <laughs> this is... I mean to be a time to be alive at this time and like these parties like I know we've mentioned before one of our favorite movies um, Midnight in Paris 
and like the surrealist parties that they go to in Paris and then like I feel like this is the next generation of those kinds of parties oh of course you and, and you know and we now, still have parties today like, and now it's like Alan Cummings <laughs> like his crazy parties <laughs> I think you're gonna say Alan Alda yes I'd love to go to an Alan Alda party yeah Alan Alda I can't do it what's Alda. his name does a good one right uh, Bill Hader Bill Hader yeah. Yeah, I'm not I mean they might be like that guy is definitely like a taller guy <clears> but <throat> it is just interesting what they what they do to obviously take Phil Snerhoffen who is like 5 10 5'11 stocky guy and he did, he did a physical lose, presence a know? physical presence and he I mean he did lose like I read like 40 pounds for this role but um, and just it's, it's simple things I mean you know so I mean well not simple but losing 40 pounds but then between the pair the right pair of glasses uh, the, True. The, the the obviously the costumes, the time period costumes, and then just I mean even as simple as like the way he was holding the paper right there, just his mannerisms. He's just I mean, he completely was... transformed into this character. And yes. we've talked about this. Is it mimicry? Is it an art form? Yeah, we talked about this with John Harden, right? Yes. Yeah. He... And it's hard to say, right? Like I don't know. I'm not an actor like John Harden, but you certainly, even though we're, we know Philip Seymour Hoffman so well. You certainly forget he's Philip Hoffman at points in this film. Oh yeah, I mean it. I mean, hey, he won Best Actor for it. I, you know, so it's definitely it's easily in his top five best roles. Um, it might be his most transformative role. Yeah, I mean, maybe flawless earlier in his career. Ah, uh, here we go, meeting. Harper, well, no, I mean, he, he's known Harper Lee his whole life. But, but we're meeting her. Yes, we're meeting her. Played by Catherine Keener. Impeccable Catherine Keener. Oh, I love this. This is like, I love this scene. Well, was this uh, when, when the Hoff fans, when you guys were reaching out, I think someone said like, oh, I can't wait. And they, and they, and they specifically mentioned this scene. Oh, did they? Yeah, how because this is a terrific scene. I just <laughs> love how this all transpires. <laughs> Honored to have you with us, sir. And we know that. Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah. yeah. But But first time you see it. Yeah. The first (laughs) time. It's just such a perfect scene to transpire to be like, yes, these two people, these very smart, you know, well-read, well-spoken, famous. obviously, yeah, famous. Well, this is so this is before, well, this is before to kill to kill a mockingbird comes out during the time of this movie, this time period, but um, just to know that these people they know one another so well even her maybe more than him because he tends to be a bit more obviously pulling a prank like that Mm -hmm. Chris Cooper fuck fish 
What? It's from Adaptation. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he, did he win, I think that's what he, did he win Best Supporting Actor for that role? I know he won. American Beauty? Oh, it was American Beauty. It might have been, I'm not sure. Oh, I'm going to have to look that up. I know he's won an Academy Award, because this movie has two of them as Academy Awards, and then Amy Ryan nominated uh, Bob Bowman and Catherine Keener. Wow. Bennett Miller nominated too. Yes. Birds yes. Are. Yeah, and this movie was nominated for Best Picture, one uh, not nominated for Best Actor, and obviously he won, and then nominated for Best Supporting Actress for Catherine Keener. And it's weird because it jumps right in to the plot. You know, it doesn't like take a lot of time at the beginning to set the stage for who Truman Capote is. Because let's be frank. It, it's about a, a period in his life. Yeah, it's not, it's not which I which I enjoy those kind of biopics more and more. But it's also it's something right like you and I probably had very little to no idea who Truman Capote was. No, yeah, before I, this movie, I, you know, yeah. an older generation knew, but it doesn't matter. Like we know him right away. I'm saying that's how effective it is. Hey. <laughs> No, it's uh, not. I guess he, he, not for uh, American oh. Beauty. He won uh, for adaptation. Okay, for his role of La Roche, the street I grew up on. <laughs> he had a moment. You don't see him in too much anymore, do you? Mm, no. What is he? I feel, like you know, he's like one of those guys that also. There's just so many like next level TV shows out there like I wouldn't be surprised if he was on like an Amazon show yeah. I don't know about you know that's true but Koopa Koopa you know, he's well he's going to be in the reboot of Hang with Mr. Cooper oh okay yeah. I thought he's but Cooper I forgot yeah. <laughs> oh he was in Little Women that's a big movie this oh week. wow okay okay I, did, I didn't uh and he's he's in a beautiful day in the neighborhood. He's in movies this year. I stand corrected. Yeah. This is an era where you dressed up for everything. Everything, which I I like that. I like. I don't know if I want to be at a stuffy party though with three pieces suit. You know, like. Yeah. Or the wool. Like, I get it, like, going out, but I don't want to go to a party in a suit. I'm not saying I'm going to go to a party dressed like a schlep, but, like, yeah. but that's a like lot. Yeah. But going out, like, bowling, like, you wore slacks and a button down. You know? <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. A nice pair of slacks. But, like you said, like, I, I, I mean, I also, I enjoy how they're just hopping into this for multiple reasons. Number one, that's just, I enjoy something that just keeps moving. Um, I like that in the sense for a biopic and then I think it's perfect for this because at least, I mean, hey, it could, could not be true Obviously, maybe he read the article and then didn't visit right away, but it just seems in a journalistic sense just the thing to do and obviously I mean, right now we are getting so many moments with not dialogue, but we're just seeing, you know like they're, they go to, the, they're at the meeting, they're at the house, and now they're at the school, and he knows to have Harper Lee talking to the girls just out of that sense. Like, that'll freak him out less. Yes, exactly. (laughs) 
just look at that outfit. I love that coat. Is that is a that's a coat and a half. Perdus. Trimming capote. That's my impression of <laughs> his take. Which did you did you know that uh, Trimming Capote was the um, inspiration for Droopy Dog? I did not know that, but I guess that makes sense. Droopy Dog. All those like cartoon characters oh, have like real life inspirations. Yeah. That's true. I mean, Foghorn Leghorn. Going back to him, like that's got to be yeah. someone before. I'm gonna look at it. Oh. From uh, I don't know that era. Like I say, I say, I say. You know, like. Uh, now he goes. Now they're at the the funeral parlor. Parlor. I don't know. I said that weird. Paula. I feel like funeral homes have not changed their look. That's fair. Like in the past seventy years. That's that's right? pretty accurate. <laughs> Just like the same kind of like curtain drapes and like. I don't know. Like, not a lot of light gets in. Obviously, maybe because that's supposed to be you're having your privacy. But like, the ceilings are over. Like, it's always like pretty like, like you know, eight foot high ceilings and stuff like that. Oh, this is when he's he takes a peek at the at the bodies. He's asking for it. That's such a scary. This movie does not shy away from, like, showing you things. No, it shows you the... It really... This movie shows you the ugly side of life. Slice of life. Like the sweater. I'm a photo glasses wearer. Bruce Greenwood I'm a Bruce Greenwood fan um I I can't say I'm not a fan I just first thing I saw him in was Double Jeopardy Double Jeopardy Ashley Judd you're a big Double Jeopardy guy that was an era of like rentals for you like when that came out I think that was a a Ryan Freed family movie night feels like it feels like it and then it was like there's like a hot and heavy sex scene before he I do air quotes dies in the beginning Really? Yeah, like she, like like Ashley Judd is on top, and they're on a they're on a boat. They're on with a him, boat. with Bruce Green, their husband and wife, and in, in I haven't seen that movie in a very long time. I yeah, don't know. that's the whole. And then I feel like he did a movie similar to it recently. It was a Stephen King adaptation with um, Carla Gugino. It was like a Netflix movie when like they started huh. making all those Stephen King adaptations. Really, in, like the past year and a half. I think when we did this, you know, the regular episode for P.S. I Love Hoffman with Capote, this was a scene that we played. Because I think this is when he just has, like, that great line that they, like, usually show, like, a clip for. And, like, you know. 
there's these great moments you're right like there's a couple that come later in the film too mm-hmm. you get them his now I don't want to say one on ones because obviously Harper's there but what would you call these like interview segments you know with people yeah like I mean yeah exactly like him with the prisoner and yeah well that just gets deeper and deeper and that's when it gets the most like raw and emotional when he's talking with uh, I'm forgetting the yeah this the, is what you're talking about yeah the way I am this is still I mean and this is for coming out in 2005 I mean it's still uh, I feel like uh, as far as like themes and acceptance and that kind of stuff it's uh, pretty still you know potent you know yeah this movie doesn't feel obviously it's dated in the sense that it's a period piece but it doesn't feel dated no, it could have if, if yeah. It if it came out last year, I, I would be like, okay, yeah. You know. So this time, what, what year? Was, this is nineteen fifty nine. I'm just um, Capote was so he's supposed to be thirty five, which is pretty much the age that Philip Seymour Hoffman because I believe it's oh really we're, we're just nearing the anniversary. Unfortunately, six years since we lost him. And um, he was 45, if I'm not mistaken, when he passed away. Wow, way too young. And um, and that was so 2014, 2005, that's five years, point being, right around, he's portraying him at the same age that he is. Oh, wow. Which is pretty interesting. I mean, Truman Capote only lived to be um, 60 years old. Born Wait. in 1924, died in 1984. mm I like even what Harper wears. You know, it's not like modern or anything, but it's it looks comfy. Yeah, and honestly, it's 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 it. I think she dresses the way that her personality kind of reflects in like there for you warmth and that kind of stuff. Like I know nothing about Harper Lee, no. except that she wrote Two Kill a Mockingbird. But if I had to picture it, it would be this. You know? Yeah, I'm sure that. I mean, they, you know, there was obviously enough photos of both of them, and it was Sandra Bullock in Infamous. Yes. Another Oscar winner there. Sandra Bullock, I'm saying. In the yeah, after that. Right? But I Sandra yeah, Bullock but I feel that. like I mean this is not a diss Sandra Bullock, but Catherine Keener is just as good if not better. She I don't know, it just looks like she should be playing that role. She just she I I love her look. I love everything she like embodies. We have to remember too. We're watching this obviously in the in the lens of Hoffman fans, but Philip Seymour Hoffman was not a household name. When he did this, no, this this is once he won the Oscar, that took him to still not that he was obviously every household he's, he was never George Clooney, Brad Pitt. Like, no, no, not in that of, sense. Kind of, but certainly, if you're someone who followed films, yeah. you knew who Philip Seymour Hoffman was after this movie. I love this, just making the martinis and Amy Ryan playing hostess. Amy Ryan, who, how many times? I, I know Jack goes boating, but was there another time that they? Collided? I think there was. Right. I think there was three. We counted. I think so as well. One of those, like she's not in like Synecdoche, right? Or Schenectady? Is she Schenectady? I have to look that up. Let me see. Amy Ryan. 
My neighbor is walking very loudly upstairs. Thank you. But this is what you get when you listen to this podcast. It's like you were here. You're here, yeah. You're sitting, you're you're snuggled between Brian and I right now. It's a three-person couch and there's just two people here. Not a lot of room between you and me right now, Kyle. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Why can't I find... I love this moment, too, because it's just... I mean, Truman Truman is, again... Anything I say, it's through my knowledge of these characters via this movie. Yeah, let's be honest. let's Let's put that out there. It's not... Bohemian Rhapsody where I didn't enjoy it because I know a lot about <laughs> Queen. I'm sure the same, like, I enjoyed Walk the Line, but if, if there was a diehard Johnny Cash, they'd be like, blah, 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 this is what's wrong. But Truman is portrayed as manipulative. Manipulative. Oh, absolutely. You know? And this is just him talking to, not trying to be, like, mean by saying this, but, like, Simpler people, like she loves hearing stories of all the actors and the, you know, the glam of the big city and Hollywood, you know, and she has that moment, if it didn't happen already, telling uh, Chris Cooper, you know, like, oh, and this is what he's been working on and all this kind of stuff. But this is just Truman knowing, like, hook, line, and sink, he just shared something personal. Uh And now she's like, you know, Alvin, like, you know, (laughs) Alvin! And yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. That's Amy Ryan is the next... Uh, David Seville. David Seville. <laughs> it's not Jason Blake. So, so you have the third movie yet? I, I looked it up. I want to see if you can guess it. Well, like I said, so this, Jack Goes Boating. Hmm. There is indeed three movies. Yeah, I thought it was. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's escaping me. Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. She is his. She is Ethan Hawke's ex, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why. And the laundry is done. So. I love the architecture, right? Like we still see homes like that today, but most of them have been like renovated. It's really it's showing a period that uh, in modern cinema I feel isn't shown that often like there's a lot of movies from that time that are you know that take place in that time so we have these movies that like you get to see that but really like other only other one right off the top of my head that was made in modern years about like this era like before like the 60s and like JFK like everything when everything started changing in that is Revolutionary Road well, I, I think there are a lot of films that take place in that era, but they're not like this. Revolutionary Road is more like this tone. I think there are a lot that are, uh, how can I put it, like either comedy or really nostalgia pieces. Like, I think of like high school films. You know, there's some that do go back to that era, but it's like not like. What a... do you know about high school films? <laughs> what do you know, sir? Not much. No. no, but it's not like a drama like this that's realistic. It's not. This is not glorifying 1959. No, it's just it's sharing. Just as it's a moment in his life, a pivotal moment. It's showing that in the sense of just American kind of culture and moments like this. That it's just. I mean, you know, not that this was necessarily like a na- national. I mean, it was. It was obviously 
this article was then in a, mm-hmm. a New York magazine, or I'm sorry, newspaper. Um, so it was a big story in that sense. But this is before like the America loss of innocence with Vietnam and yeah, like I guess like the that. theoretical one. You know, it's always I think that's a little overblown, but movies always depicted as such. Everything was like a perfect world before like Kennedy got assassinated. It was and just it shows it was, that it, it wasn't, it, you know? No, but it, yeah, exactly. I mean, it definitely shows that people are more naive and ignorance is bliss kind of level. And I mean, still, this is 1959 is still early stages of multiple forms of media, meaning like television yeah, for and sure. stuff like that. And speaking of media, you know, we haven't brought it up yet, but we talked about it a lot on our original cast is that you know, Truman Capote with this novel that he's going to write, the first nonfiction novel in Cold Blood is the birth, really, of the true crime movement. Uh, not yeah. movement, but you know what I mean. You know there should be more of true crime podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> Again, one of the most common topics to talk about, podcasts about TV shows, like TV channels, like ID Discovery. Mm-hmm. And it really starts here with him, with this concept that he has in his words the nonfiction novel for what's going to happen here i you know like i mean obviously we make comments about the subtitles and like the closed captioning and when it says wind blowing and stuff like that but i truly i mean for i guess you know i mean for the hearing impaired but i just love the level of like i wonder who makes those decisions because it's just as simple as Amy Ryan when there was silence and said ice clinking like I love the thought that goes into like that's kind of a you know a thing that the audience should know yeah it's an experience and you're a big fan of the onomatopoeia yes (laughs) like I'm curious if the sound designer you know like editing and all, all of that like the people that are you know doing the magic of the of the audible audio of this movie have a say in the closed captioning you know i don't know i actually don't know it's something i've never thought about before it's a good question and like to know that you have to do this right like you saw how it would say their individual's names because there's more than one person in the scene and there might be off camera but perfect little 50s kids wash up for dinner put on a shirt foodie scene for foodie films? Yeah, I would, yeah, <laughs> by all means. It is, it is a foodie scene. It is a holiday foodie scene. Christmas turkey. Uh-oh. We're in the new year, a new decade. New, yeah, new decade. Just like us. Yeah, we're not far off. You know, the anniversary of this. Didn't we release it, like, not on purpose, the original episode on the anniversary that I don't recall. Yeah, of the murders we did. Well, it's already... It is... Yeah, it's past. No, no, no. When we first released the episode oh, okay. of Capote on our first run. Oh, that's a good... Yeah. <laughs> we were like, oh, yeah, we did that on purpose. Oh, now, yes, you're reminding me. So here we go. We're about to meet like our pretty much our two other big players in the movie. Uh, actors Clifton Collins Jr. and Mark Pellegrino. As a little, as a little fun thing, a uh, little Philip Seymour Hoffman trivia. Can you tell me the one other movie where uh, that Mark Pellegrino is in with Philip Seymour Hoffman? But they do no. not share a scene. No, tell me. The Big Lebowski. He is one of the thugs. Oh, okay. Yeah, wouldn't have known that. 
Good to know. Clifton Collins Jr. has like such a kind of like a cool demeanor slash like his cadence in talking. Have you seen him in other things? I'm not going to do a good job right now of repeating, of, of saying rolls off the top of my head, so I will pull off his IMDb. Uh, huh. Oh, yeah, I think he's great in this. I wonder who plays him in Infamous. So he's in Traffic. Now that I think about that, I, I, I'm, I'm remembering that. But what movie am I specifically... I think there's a movie... If we theoretically still did this show weekly, and we did, got through all the rewatches, right? Mm-hmm. I think what we would do after that would be like about episodes about actors from. <laughs> well, yeah, we like we could focus on that. We probably have debate things, but one of the things I think we would do too is be like, oh, Pacific Rim. I like doing Pacific Rim. Like, let's watch Infamous. You know? Like, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what they do on Too Fast to Forever, right? Yeah, they the have laps. laps, like adjacent movies. Little plug. You're welcome, Joey. <laughs> I love you. Joey Lewandowski, godfather, co-founder of the Cage Club Podcast Network. Yes, co-founder with the great, the inspirational Mike Manzi. Yes. They founded the network together. Mr. Politics. I wonder what number show we are. Joey, if you listen to this, like... What number show was Hoffman? Like, obviously, it wasn't the first. Cage was the first. Oh. You know, there was Keanu. I think Monkey Club was I think was we were, like, us. the eighth. I think, like, right around then, the eighth, eighth show. So you could check out, remember, all our old episodes, wherever you're listening to right now. Or, of course, at cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Home of all the other great shows. Your show, Foodie Films, my show. High School Slumber Party, The Aforementioned, Too Fast, Too Forever, Third Time's a Charm, Whistle Thinking, and a lot of other stuff. Hmm. Okay, so I'm going to look up Infamous. I'm curious. Yes. So, well, oh, well, first, so this, this character's name is Perry Smith. Perry, yes. Okay, so Infamous... Daniel Craig. Wow, really? Well, I think like him and then uh, and like Mark Pellegrino look a little similar to one. Yeah, another, you know. But um, Daniel Craig, we gotta watch that. Yeah, Sandra Bullock, Harper Lee, but then all these ca- all these we've got Sigourney Weaver, Gwyneth Paltrow, what? Isabella Rossellini, Peter uh, Bogdanovich. None, none of them none of them have character names underneath them on here. That's who weird. The, who the hell are they playing? Uh, you might need to click further up. Uh Jeff Daniels plays Chris Cooper's Alvin Dune. Really? Yeah. That's a good that's a good like You know, thing. that's a good cast. I feel bad for that movie. That I got overshadowed by this one. Um On paper, before we knew anything, right? If you saw that cast and you saw this cast, like at the time, you would have been like, That's the movie. Infamous. It's weird because, uh, like, at the same time, let's go with, you know, like, there's always, like, those double movies or whatever, and let's go with a better one than, like, let's say, I mean, God knows I love Armageddon and Deep Impact and stuff like that, but let's go with 
Um, Dante's Peak no. and Volcano. Uh, let's go with The Illusionist and mm. um, and why am I blanking right now? Christopher Nolan, Christian Bale. The Prestige. The Prestige. You know, you've got like, I mean... In, uh, both good casts there. Both good casts. I mean, I, I know off the top of my head, it's Edward Norton... Jessica Biel. Jesse Eisenberg, right? Paul Giamatti. Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg? Yeah, now, now you see me. Oh. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, Eddie Marzen. Um, you know, it's a, it's a good... I mean, another, you had Christian Bale, Hugh Jackman, Michael Caine. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, those are pretty... But so point being, like, at that moment, I was just like... I was like, Illusionist just looks not like as... Good. And I've never uh, I've seen those two. I have not seen Infamous. That would be an interesting podcast, like to do. I don't know how many you could get, but like there's a decent amount. In the end of the day, like there's like Bugs Life ants. Yeah, you know, that's like, what I mean. there yeah. is like a the, the, even this year wasn't there? Wasn't there some kind of double? I feel like there was a big one this year that there was some kind of multiple. Like story. one week we watch Bugs Life together. One week we watch Ants together. And That's a ne- fun podcast. And the next week, that is we a debate it. CC right now. <laughs> Brian Rodriguez, Kyle Reinfried. And I, I'm saying, so, and the next week we debate it, and we say which was better. Because two of them are watch-alongs. How should I Google that? What, what would you call that? Like double? Mo- I don't know. <laughs> like movies that came out at the same time. Sim- yeah, similar movies. You know, th- in this case, I mean. Infamous and Capote is like, you know... Yeah, for sure. The same thing. Uh, like, and, literally and, the same thing. I know, like, Deep Impact Armageddon is not technically the same thing. Yeah, but, but, or, you know. yeah. But, like, and, but Dante's Peak Volcano, like, not it's not the same story, but... Similar movies that came out at the same time. Okay. All right, so, yeah, like, there's, like, Truman Show and Ed TV. Yes. That's, like, in the, you know... Ed knows that he's on TV, though, but it's still exploring the same... Yeah, way um, before reality TV, like, boom. But this isn't telling me... Like, they're not putting them side by side, so that's difficult. Um, maybe this this is... Yeah, we've got Armageddon, Deep Impact, Babe Gordy. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Bob Alaban. Bob, 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 Bob. Again, he directed Hoffman in, in uh, My Boyfriend's Back. Yeah, High School Joey's... Movie. Number one, he, he had Car Blanche, as I recall, choice of talking Philip Seymour Hoffman movies. And that's and what he chose. the first one he chose was My Boyfriend's Back. And it was cool. Or maybe, I mean, he, I think he chose, no, he, I mean, I'm sure actually his first choice, like, if you could only, if you could have done one, would have been Moneyball. But I guess in chronological order. Chronological order, yeah. It was My Boyfriend's Back. Hey now, hey now. Uh, Chasing Liberty, First Daughter. <laughs> that, that works. Volcano Dazi's Peak, Ants Bugs Life, Turner Hooch, K9. Oh, you're right. Olympus Has Fallen, White House Down. I'm tempted. Uh, I'm tempted. Ooh, this would be my favorite to talk. Friends with Benefits and Strings Attached. I'm tempted. I'm tempted. Uh, Shark Tale, Finding Nemo. Mm. Mirror, Mirror, Snow White and the Huntsman. Red Planet. Oop, that's damn for our. Our friend is calling me right now. <laughs> it's a lovely... Back when the apps that you like made what people look like if they're fat. You know, <laughs> so I have a lot of friends saved my phone. With their so yes, you're going to call from a guest on who's been on my show, Dan Ferrara. 
Should I pick up and have him live? First time, <laughs> first time caller. Why not? Why not? Hey, Dan. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. What's up? You're on, you're on uh, PS I Still Love Hoffman right now. Brian and I are recording. You're on the air, Dan. You're on the air. Am I a live in caller? Am I your first call in? Yeah, you have to say first time caller, long time fan. Long time listener, first time caller. We, we are live watching Capote. Yeah, we're watching Capote. Have you ever seen Capote? I did see Capote a long time ago, and then I read the book, too. It's Truman Capote. That's my Capote. Was it good, Dan? It was, oh my god, it was just like, Capote. <laughs> More like Capote's. Yeah, that's my contribution to By the way, famous photo shots here that they were actually done. Yeah. We're, uh, so yes, we are record. what's your... What's up? Yeah, what's up? <laughs> no, 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 I was just seeing, uh... What you're like? We're gonna be done. We're, like. we're gonna be done recording probably around like two thirty, two forty-five, and so okay. then, like I said, that's not far. I think we're still gonna try to go to both. So I will. Yeah, what time? That that thing starts at five thirty. It's at five, I think. Is it five or five thirty? Oh, five thirty. Five thirty. Five thirty. Yeah, and it's right. all. Are right. we all meeting somewhere first? Or we all meeting there. We're, we're all meeting, meeting there. We're all meeting there. Jury of all white men here. What's that? Is that the Meadowlands? Meadowlands yeah, Meadowlands. No, it's Meadowlands Convention Center in Sea Caucus. Okay, I'll find it. Um, okay, so you're gonna go. What, what time are you going to Night Beer again? We're going Dessert. to NJ Beer Co. Probably around. It seems like probably closer to three now, and then gonna be there for like a half hour, and then going to like probably like a half hour, an hour, and then go Bolero for like a half hour, forty five okay, minutes. Okay, it's one on the dot. I'll probably leave here. Um, like two. It's one oh four then. It's not one on the dot. Yeah, so, so I'll be I'll be there by like three thirty ish, give or take. Okay, cool. Yeah, just, they're all yeah. close together. They're all so. close together. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I'll I'll just call you when I'm in the like. I'm just saying, should I just set my GPS for NJ Beerco? Yeah, that would be. Or? Yeah, I would assume so. Yeah. Okay, cool. And I'll call you when I'm close. All right, bye, Daddy. Love you. I right, see you soon, kid. Okay? Bye. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry for that. Real life, guys. Real life. Real life. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so, that was more. That you know. That, that just happened, but in the in the background, Capote was going on. So sorry so, if we took away from your. So quick scene. things there. We saw yes. like the famous photos he did with the murderer. Yeah, like I wonder if was that that had to have not been a thing. I don't even think I don't know if that's a thing now. Like to take pictures with. I think with the, the, the age of Twitter today, people would be more critical. But back then, it was like, ooh, look at this novelty. Like, what's going on in Kansas? Yeah, and just put, like, even specifically rolling up the sleeves and showing the tattoos and everything. Yeah, and then the jury, I noticed. I don't know if you saw, but it was all... Like, I love this shot. I just love a good wide shot in, like, landscape and just... Uh, so, yeah, the jury was all, like, old white men, mm-hmm. you know? So, they make it a point in this movie... With Perry Smith to bring up that he is part Native American, right? If I'm recalling yeah. correctly, so it's kind of interesting that they have Daniel Craig playing him, right? So I'm assuming I'm just assuming again because my knowledge is from this movie. I, unlike Dan Farr, have not read the book, um, so I'm assuming he was part Native American. I'm not sure. Oh, this is oh, this could be a foodie scene too. I'm, I need to make more notes when I um, when I'm just like watching movies and just like write down like oh food scene food scene food scene. <laughs> so Top Gun and Iron Eagle. I'm gonna continue with. I've never even yeah. heard of Iron Eagle. Uh, Happy Feet and Surfs Up. Okay. Abyss and Leviathan. Okay. Leviathan. Stealing Harvard, Orange County. Fair. That's yeah. fair. Two movies that 
Is stealing Harvard? Yeah, stealing yeah. Harvard. Yeah. I forgot about that. I don't yeah. know if it's on my list. I saw that in Westwood Theaters with people. I don't remember who that. Maybe Chris was. I don't know. Uh, pow- I've never heard of Powder and then Phenomenon. Phenomenon's one of your movies. I, lo- I really enjoy Phenomenon. Tombstone White Herb. Yes. Um, There's a podcast right here. It is. Wild and Madagascar. Striptease Showgirls. <laughs> the Cave, The Descent, Cop Out, The Other Guys, After Earth, Oblivion. Those are at least this list. Yeah, and I'm not going to count copying. Oh, twin films. Oh, wait, is this going to be literally twin films? <laughs> Twins. No, they are twins, but it's not like they don't give you the list. Bob Balaban feels like he should be in this era. Yes. Oh, they even have, like, Batman v Superman in, like, Civil War because it's, like, heroes fighting heroes. Yeah, I won't, I won't like, that's a little bit... That's, I, I mean, don't maybe. Know. It's pretty similar. They both, it's about, mo- like, the moms dying. Both moms are named Martha. True. Keep that list. Yeah. I think it's um, uh, yeah. It's definitely. It's I've been watching. I mean, as always, just watching The Office and Michael Scott says how he's just like a big, uh, big Woody Allen fan, and he's like, I've only seen Ants. So, by the way, we just passed the 4205 time code, if you guys are not synced up somehow. I know that that can happen sometimes, so. And again, just the two opposite worlds, right, of like the hustle and bustle of New York and the... Kansas countryside. The nothingness of Kansas. (laughs) No, I don't mean that in a bad way. (laughs) It just, it sounded funny. No, because a lot of people prefer that, right? The Bible Belt. No, but just not being overcrowded in the city, not having to hobnob around. One of my favorites is, um, you know, the, the city in which I love, the city of New Orleans. And uh, have, have, you, have you you gone over to Algiers, like, taking the ferry? No, I haven't, personally. But Where that, like, where, where you can take that, there's a sign that I always... I know where it is, yeah. ...passing... That says, if you want to escape the hustle and bustle of the city, like, take the ferry over to Algiers. And it just makes me laugh because, in the end, like, New Orleans, I mean, yes, okay, we grew up, I mean, you live in New York City, New York City was always our city, so is the epitome of metropolitan, but New Orleans, I wouldn't really consider having, like, hustle and bustle. Yeah, but for them. But for them, exactly, so... Is this the first scene that they're sharing together and put like you know like I can't phone remember. conversations? I think it was even a quick one. The yeah. jacket game is on point, by the way, in this movie. I would just love this. Would be something I know. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker did it for Sex in the City. That was in her contract that every outfit that she wore, she got to keep. Wow, that's a cool contract. That's a good. That's a really good contract. When especially when you know you're going to be like wearing. Nice clothes. Well, I'm sure some of those clothes are like dated now from the <laughs> late '90s, early 2000s. Then again, so many people are seeing her in it on the show, and she's like wearing it out. That's kind of weird. Yeah, but I mean, in the end, I don't know. Anyway, 
but like this would be th- even though this is a period piece from at the time you know like a 50 year separation I still I, I would have definitely like once seen the wardrobe I would have been like uh, can I keep this I would <laughs> like to keep these sweaters these jackets yeah I would totally dress like this like in you know semi-formal formal occasions not every day I think we both enjoy a good a good sweater. This guy's been in a bunch of stuff. A lot of familiar faces, but not familiar names. I'm trying to think of what. So what is he? Whatever I want. He's this is the warden, right? I believe so. Oh, he's pretty much a... He's, like, bribing him. (laughs) Yeah. I forgot this a little bit. He's... I mean, especially, you know, watching it, for the most part, muted and with the closed captions, is really studying Philip Seymour Hoffman's movements and, and mannerisms and just the way I loved absolutely how he just put that money on the table and just gave it a little... A little tap. He's embodying a character, and then that's why it doesn't feel like mimic to me either. Because I don't, like I said, I didn't know Truman Capote that well, so this is just feels like such a a person who's present. Yeah, you know, like I mean, this is also so. You know, he's making this in. It came out in two thousand five, so he's making this in two thousand four. This really is still like, like it's not like YouTube is out there. Obviously, on behest of I'm sure the director in the studio, they would get him footage. You know, maybe Philip Seymour Hoffman uh, saw interviews with Capote on television mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, I know he was in a few movies as well, but as far as his day to day, I would assume watching you know the interviews would be better. But um, I'm curious how how much uh, footage of Capote. He studied. Yeah. I mean, he talked about this film a lot, obviously, like mm-hmm. leading up to Oscar season and stuff. Bonnet bananas, a pears. I forgot he eats baby food. Is a food scene? Are you a baby food guy? I can't say I've ever eaten it, you know, now, like, as, like, you've tried it as, like, an adult. I. From time to time... My niece has passed, so you did that, obviously. So. I've, like... Not, again, not in years, but I've, like, you know, like the dessert ones. I still have a couple of bananas. I didn't know there was a dessert one. Oh, for baby food? Yeah, like it's a banana. And they're okay. not, like, elaborate desserts, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's... It's... Oh, he feeds him the baby food. Yeah, because he's on like a, thought... he's like on a hunger strike yeah. for the most part. Um, it's just interesting. I what you know, like maybe while I was we were talking about other things, maybe we were reading the dual movies and that kind of stuff. If they alluded to it, but I wonder what was the why him over the other guy? Like, was there like 
that big moment, or do you think he just looked at, like, just speaking to them? They kind of portray the other guy as clearly not the brains of the outfit. Yeah, that's kind of what... Well, not necessarily not the brains of it. I don't think they know that yet. I think they kind of think he is. He kind of says it at one point where the other guy's more like an animal, you know? Yeah. Like, he seems like a killer, but this one that he's talking to doesn't. Yeah, parody. Parody. And he thinks he could... uh, Obviously, get more of a scoop from him and relate to him because. Well, and then this aspect of it also is drawing him in, and he's. It's truly. I mean, it's almost reverse Florence Nightingale, right? Like you know, Florence Nightingale is usually a movie Perry that then yeah. really, which Perry looks at Tr- Truman as like, "Ooh, you could really help us out," and Truman is just in the end getting the story. Mm-hmm. But Truman does have kind of that, like he's the one that gets hooked, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I want to see. I feel bad. I'm not I think the kind of like twist, if you want to say there's a twist, is that the first time you watch it, you do think that like he's probably the accomplice and the other guy was like yeah. the person who did it. And of course, we find out that it's. Dick Hickok is the. Dick. So it's, yeah, Perry and Dick. Perry and Richard. Again, very names of the era. Richard Perry. Hmm. That's like randomly. Uh, Oh, I love this. Sorry. Yeah, this is when he starts, yeah, talking about his family. Yeah, I mean, just even, it's Perry, again, just at least through who they have as actors, doesn't seem as, like, physically imposing. Well, we'd have to see the film, really, because I don't know if, like... How can I put it? Like, he's like James Bond prowess, you know. What do you mean? Oh, Daniel oh, oh, Craig. Daniel Craig. So no, but like they seem so different to me. Just going back to what you were you were saying before, like Daniel Craig feels like he'd be more the Dick than the Perry. Yes. <laughs> that was stupid. I forgot that was. Perry Smith, I'm Googling Perry White, who's the uh, in charge of the paper Superman. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that doesn't sound right. White Smith. They're all Anglo-Saxon. Not to, not to say all you guys are the same. <laughs> all you Anglos out there. This is what Perry Smith looked like in real life. Hmm. Looks, Looks pretty accurate. And then that's Dick Hickok on the left. Gotcha. Interesting. So, see, and this moment, I think, unlike when he's talking with Chris Cooper and Amy Ryan, I think Truman is actually, when he's sharing, like, you know, being raised by his aunt and stuff like that, He's honestly being like open. He's in this moment. I I don't think he's trying to get something. I know he is getting the article, but it just seems just the way I'm. No, he's not. Yeah, he's not completely manipulative. Yeah.
there's the uh, the real photos of the tattoos and the wow. everything. All very important for you guys, us looking at pictures <laughs> right now. That you can't have. Maybe in the future there'll be a way that we can share them at the same time with you and the multimedia platform. I just, I mean, I'm, I, in my opinion, uh, Dick Hickok in real life also looks uh, more intimidating than Perry Smith. But that's just... Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, there is that weird element where uh, you were alluding to it that Perry definitely thinks that Truman can help their cause. Truman doesn't outright promise that, but he doesn't say no. Yeah, exactly. He didn't just say yeah, either. Exactly. It seems like he he's a journalist that in obviously when when we watch other you know court uh crime driven movies where the journalist, I mean, you know, comes in like uh, one, one that reminds me is like uh uh was it the hurricane with denzel washington you know the what ruben oh, Car- yeah. ruben carter right um like that aspect of it like a journalist then coming in and then getting new lawyers to help out it it's not that but when perry seems to be kind of like saying like oh are you gonna be here to help us because you know we've got an all-white jury and that and that kind of stuff um Truman, like you said, doesn't say no, but doesn't say yes. Yeah. Oof. But it's funny because we, we say the whole like true crime thing and people with true crime podcast today. Truman is a lot like a lot of people I know when they get into like these true crime stories obsessive. yeah obsessive and you know. something that's never like i mean i enjoyed this movie i like that's like a story about that kind of story but uh it's never been something that's very much captured me i don't know it's just more and more i try to like stay away from unpleasant stories and just even like fictional st- well i guess it's not truly fictional but like the show i i, I bring up now because there's so, just so much great television everyone's like you gotta watch mindhunter and you know the early days of fbi studying serial killers and the first scene was like a hostage situation i don't know if you've seen it mm-hmm. but uh and it starts with like the guy that's like holding a woman hostage just like pulls a shotgun on himself and blows his head off and it's david, jesus and it's david fincher and david fincher being david fincher like how he shows violence like just you see it happen I'm like nah, I'm done like I don't I, I just don't the whole show is David Fincher I think like I mean he definitely directed the oh wow I didn't like know first that. episode and then I mean it's still you know his big thing because he really hasn't released a movie in a while is the best of my memory true how many shots are there like this you know Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like I'm not necessarily him on a typewriter, but just like the super close up. Just a nice, yeah, good macro shot of. Now, do you think? Yeah, I imagine like a shot like that. A lot Hoffman. of great insert shots in this movie. Ha- but they're are they aware of it while it's happening? I, and it's weird to say, like, 
are they it depends on what kind of actor you are some actors are very in the sense sometimes through vanity sometimes through professionalism sometimes through interest because they know that they want to direct someday that they want to know what lens you're using and what then when they say to the dp or the director oh what lens you're using right now or they just even see it themselves on the camera they know this is my close-up i'm gonna give it a bit more right now that Hmm. kind of stuff you know i don't know it feels like some people are just that they would be the same way when you're seeing the back of their head and, and 100%. 100%. Front, you know? and then, you're Daniel day Lewis's. I'm sure even your Philip Seymour Hoffman's. But then you just have other people. There's a, uh, a story that um, Kevin Smith shared from a movie, actually, I just said out loud before with the, with the dual kind of similar movies. Cop Out with Not a Good Movie with Bruce Willis and Tracy You were Morgan. excited when that was coming out. You were like, I was excited because it was the first movie Kevin Smith it was like this is like only a real studio film he didn't write it I'm like oh this could be like Bruce Willis you know like a a funny cop movie Tracy Morgan like I'm into it there's a separate story that I I won't really get into but they were I I ran into them when they were location scouting for that movie and uh, I Kevin Smith and I shared a little laugh over our our man boobs together Uh, but nonetheless with uh, cop out Bruce Willis is supposedly kind of like a dick to Kevin Smith, but Kevin Smith has never been, you know, he didn't like, he really didn't go to like much of, he didn't study film. He knows, he's a storyteller and his directing is very much based on like the story and, you know, he writes his movies. So he's not, he's a self-admittingly not a technical guy. That's what he has his DP for. He explains the kind of shot he wants and the DP knows what lens to use. And then on Cop Out, Bruce Willis said to him, like, wanted to know, oh, what lens are we using right now? And he's like, uh... <laughs> you know, like, and he's just like, you don't know what lens you're using? And he, like, kind of berated him, like, as a director, like, you know. <laughs> and then Kevin Smith was like, yeah, I was brought to tears because this is one of my heroes. Like, just both Jersey guys, like, awesome, like, loves Die Hard, all that kind of stuff. I get and, it, though. Like, the director should know. No, no, I don't necessarily agree. You do, that's what you do have your DP for sometimes. If you do a shot list and you explain, like, I want a wide shot right now, and you really trust your well, DP. I, okay, but I, maybe you don't say, like, the exact name of the lens, but you should say, like... The, wide they, shot close-up. Yeah, but, like, yeah, Bruce Willis got onto him because he just truly didn't know, you know. But, the, you know, like, I get why an actor would want to know yeah. as well. Like, I get it from both perspectives. I didn't. I wonder. I, I don't recall how many times they show in this movie how many visits he makes. A lot. It isn't right, and then and then there's that time period that he just doesn't go, and then he has his final meeting with him, which is, I believe, also a scene that we played in just like such a heartbreaking scene, just absolutely powerful. Yeah. Seeing him break, seeing Phil Schroerhoffen break like down. Like Dick says, you know Elizabeth Taylor. I know a lot of people. <laughs> this is great. When you know, he's just explaining to him that all the places he could be, everything he could be doing. That in that moment, to me, feels like a moment of manipulation. I, I think so. I or think what's that's fair. what's that? What there's a there's a term now. 
for when men are making women feel ba- bad and like guilting is it called gaslighting or something like well, that right well yes and no gaslighting is really like um like if if i was going to gaslight you Kyle uh-huh. i would say like this episode for example like let's say i was supposed to edit it like you told me you were going to edit it you know yeah. you, like you're editing it yeah. because you said you were like that's gaslighting like, yeah that like, seems like light-handed gaslighting to me a bit you well, know like, i could be here right now i wouldn't now. call it gaslighting because no 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 because gaslighting is you're making up a lie like that you know okay yeah so but i know what you're saying though it is it's in the same family yeah because he's not lying about what he's doing. He's what just a bar sign, by the way. <laughs> hey, you know it's a bar, right? You yeah. know where the entrance is. <laughs> My initials bar. Oh yeah. Anthony is your middle name, if anyone's mm-hmm. interested. Oh. I hope I didn't divulge. Ugh. Now tell him my social. Uh, one six seven. Ready wrong. One five seven. I found out social security numbers like are assigned geographically. Interesting. You were born in Queens, correct? Yeah, like so my social security number matches people who are born near there. At least some of it, I don't know. Yeah, it just it just seems like Dick just even in that moment, like you know we didn't have intentions of killing that family. That's ooh Costa Brava, Spain. Have you been to Costa Brava? No, I have not. I like potatoes, Brava. Let me see actually where Costa Brava exactly is. If I was going to guess, I'd say in between Barcelona and Costa del Sol. Ooh, and one year later, so it's like he goes to Spain, and then we have a time jump. So Costa Brava is the coast north of Barcelona to France. Oh. It's nice. I've never been, but I imagine it's very nice. I've not either. Most, well, obviously San Sebastian, but like as far as north on the east coast along the Mediterranean, I, I haven't been north of Barcelona. So I just, I, I love it. In this, you know, he goes there, he sees... I, I forget Bruce Bruce Greenwood's character's name uh, you know and we get the one year later and then you just have that wide shot of the room just showing all of the paperwork everything he's like put in to this story this book thus far in a year yeah this you know it doesn't feel like this movie drags if that makes sense like it doesn't feel it's not a fast paced movie at all no, but they do a really good job with the pace in the sense of like, you know, just, I mean, putting it out there one year later, but then also at least doing a good job of showing him, again, one quick shot of him arriving in Spain, mm-hmm. choosing then to show one year later, and then the next shot is, you know, obviously any shot is a meticulous choice, but showing him in the thick of his work. So even though he's been away, 
for a year. That's what we have to assume. Yeah, and, he's still and, obsessed. And in, the, in that dialogue... What a, what a great shot. Yes. And in that dialogue saying, like, I can't finish the story till I know what happens. So it's like, even then he is, he's just troubled in in that sense. I wonder what, like, his like salary was and like what you made on stuff like you know back then like, I don't he seems know. to live a pretty lavish lifestyle he seems like a guy who lived a lavish lifestyle but probably had nothing when he died I don't know if that's true or not but you know like he lived his life to the fullest yes and also let's just put it out there I mean <laughs> not having kids that's a, that's a pretty you know that helps with expenses oh absolutely you heard it here Guys, yeah. Kyle says, "Don't have kids." That was that was my economic high school economics teacher. Uh, when everyone you know in high school taking economics classes wanted to know how to get rich, he said, "Definitely don't have kids. Maybe don't get married as well." <laughs> what does this remind you of? What movie as well? Oh, uh, sorry, talented Mr. Ripley. Yep, right. Just that Mediterranean air, and right now he he, he has a bit of a. a, a Freddie Miles, mm-hmm. you know, like the, those sunglasses, seeing the sunglasses on yeah. him and the, his sandy blonde hair. Speaking of Sandy, we could have been watching that movie, right? Let's, you know what? Let's, let's just not, let's not, <laughs> I, I'm not going to get obsessed with that like Truman is with this story. So, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we'll, uh, so see, yeah. it's even right then, then Harper comes and visit, but it's not. You know, it's not just his friend visiting. She's bringing news of of Perry. Seems like a nice vacation, though. Another foodie scene. Yeah. Wonder if they actually shot it there or where they shot this. It could be in like Malibu or like yeah, or, sure. or actually or you know if I was gonna guess. Uh, it, like it looked um god what is that uh, on, on the on <laughs> seems to be struggling got Mo- going up to Monterey uh, Big Sur oh Big Sur like around that area I could see that being the case I don't know what the budget was for this movie and it wasn't I know it was I wrote down how many days it was shot in 36 days so I doubt 36 it. days yeah I'm sure we knew that at one point but oh my god I mean which is it's Look, that's it, not that's not short, but by no means, but that's that's on the verge of like wow, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, but I guess if you think about it, like as far as locations, if they probably are all like pretty. I mean, you have your big set piece of like the prison. Yeah, no, there's a lot of that. I, I get that, but I don't know. I guess do you just the flying around and stuff. But I'm saying, like, I mean, maybe, I don't know if they were in... Well, here, you know, well, well I was going to look up... Uh, okay, the budget was $7 million, so yeah, they definitely didn't fly to uh, <laughs> Europe. But even the old cars but, and let's, stuff. Let's see, let's see if I... Well, yeah, that's a good point. Um, here, let's... Okay. Winnipeg, it was all this... All the Kansas stuff is Canada. Makes sense. Winnipeg still on the plains, you and know. then Seaside Villa in Spain was in Malibu, California. Okay, you were right the first time. Yeah. So 
it's pretty much all it's Winnipeg. It's all in Manitoba. Yeah, Winnipeg is Canada, in Manitoba. Yeah. But there's like Winnipeg, Selkirk. So just yeah, yeah. Wow. So you pretty much have that. Like that is that location. So you know, like you're not. You know, they just must have obviously they were staying up there, and I can't uh, probably good tax breaks and just not an expensive place to stay. Very successful uh, movie financially, though. You know, only made for seven million. It uh, a gross of nearly fifty million. Wow, that's you know that's big for. The ratio. Interesting. I see on technical specs too that it says uh, 114 minutes. So that's that's what it was saying on this. It was saying an like an hour 54, but there's also that showing one that's an uh, uh, 110 minutes, hmm. four, four minutes shorter. I wonder if that's like without credits or something. Maybe. I can't imagine the credits are too long. I never understand the credit thing. You know. So this was technically released, the wide release was in 2006, but to be, you know, Oscar uh, nominated movie, they must have done a, uh, a, you know, we are we are in the thick of it right now. Yeah. I don't know, it's so weird, right? What do they do? They release it in like a couple theaters first. Yeah, you release it. it in like New York and LA and it needs to be on X amount of screens with X amount of seats. And now it's even become more complicated with obviously streaming channel movies, which big, big, you know, Irishman, Marriage Story, a lot of, you know, more and more clout. So I always said that when I watch this film, this, believe it or not, is my favorite scene. Just the way he reads the book mm -hmm. and how nervous he is. Makes me think of Jim Carrey in Man on the Moon when he reads, instead of doing comedy as Andy Kaufman (laughs) reads, uh, Great Gatsby, I think. The Great Gatsby, exactly. Yeah, at first I was thinking that was something Shakespeare, but you're right. It's Greek. The Great Gatsby. It's weird because he reads it like that. Like he reads it like it's Shakespeare. Yes, very like <laughs> yeah. like jo- John Lovitz is. You know. <laughs> <laughs> in the high wheat plains of Western Kansas. <laughs> you know, I love it. Just like a lonesome area out there. Out there. Until one morning. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Kansans? Is that... Yeah, what else would it be? Kansians? I don't know. Kansians. I guess it could be Kansians. Kansikans. Kansikans. Kansanites. New Yorkers. New Jerseyans. The hardest one that they don't even know is Connecticut. Connecticutians. (laughs) Connecticutians. Connecticutans. Nutmeggers. It's a nutmeg state. Yeah. What is Kansas? I guess the Jayhawk state? Let's see. Is that, yeah? Like, is it the Kansas Jayhawks? That's all I know. New York, the Empire, right? Yeah. yeah. Kansas. New Jersey. State. Not ironically the Garden State. <laughs> it should be called, like, the, the Tapestry. Whoa! What? Uh-oh. Okay, Hoff fans, we uh, had a little technical thing where uh, it, it, it stopped for some reason on, what was I saying we were watching this on? Apple TV? Apple. 
Thanks, Steve Jobs. <laughs> uh, so right now we're at... We started again at like... A one, minute, yeah, well, one hour and 11 minutes and like 15 seconds. Yes. So... Where, uh, just to match at home, this is just still the scene where he's reading out loud. Yeah, we're at an hour, 11.50. So, right. Yep. Uh, and like I was saying, um, this is just, I think this is my favorite scene in the movie. Just like him reading out loud what he's worked on in that like classic voice. And we're seeing, quite literally, death happening. And it's yeah. like foreshadowing, like, obviously what's going to happen. And just, yeah, his getting to hear the way Truman Capote writes and his descriptions. Ugh. Again, this movie does not shy away. It shows the ugliness of life. Yeah. I know, like, books look, books make a lot of money for some people, right? Like, big Harry Potter style books. But yeah. we're definitely not in a book era. I think it's fair to say. No, um, I'm sure even the fact that, like, books, pro- I, I assume, cost less if you, like, buy them on, like, for a Kindle or something versus a hard copy. Mm. What's, you know, I, I wonder how many authors in the day could have done this. Like, oh, I'm working on a book. I'm going to sell out a freaking theater just reading a chapter of it. To, like, kind of raise money for it. Yeah. Like, I don't think many authors could do that today. Like, pro- definitely J.K. Rowling. Right? Well, we just live in a time of just so much, you know, content. Including this show, which is the prime content. <laughs> <laughs> this is just when he's... Crack my ass. <laughs> Did Tennessee like it? <laughs> It's just a very I uh, I ha- again I have to imagine via maybe footage from parties or people that were still alive at the time of you know the, the story being written ex- uh, sharing their experiences. But it's just like what a you know like the juxtaposition. I know it's the time and like why they are wearing those suits, but it is you know like a high society kind of artistic party and just like the raw room that they're in. Yeah. Balaban Publishing. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. And the, and he definitely, Balaban, like, feeds into Truman's ego. I think anyone in that position would, you know? I think Truman likes people, clearly, who feed into his ego. Well, because he even does it for himself by yeah. paying people. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 I bet you even, like, in, through the depiction that they're selling in this movie, uh, that even though Harper called bullshit... I bet you just hearing that, you know, the the guy that was, you know, working on the train 
saying that information. I bet you just like Truman enjoyed that still. You know, like he he heard those words being said to him, and in his mind, even though he paid that guy, I just feel like that this this you know this Capote that we're seeing enjoyed that moment still being called brilliant and everything like that. Absolutely. It's like, again, I know this is P.S. I love Hoffman, P.S. I still love Hoffman, whatever. I know we're so geared to, like, watch him, but he doesn't feel like Philip Seymour Hoffman. No. And I just, that, that was a great cut right there of Balaban saying you'll be able to finish the story. And just in that room, it was so warm and a lot of, you know, yellows. And then they just cut to, like, this stark, cold, bland hallway and just, you know, cool cool lights versus the tungsten lights of the, uh, of the, of Balaban's office. And it's interesting, too, like, you were talking about that little, uh, room, that, like, backstage room they had there, right? Yeah. It was more prison-like than the other scenes is, we've been is that, is that is that Truman's prison? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? I um, just want to touch on something as, you know, I was jogging my memory and such, um, when you were saying before, I think I remember reading that, like, they had a lot of Truman's life documented because he was such a public figure, as you were saying. Yeah, he really was. I mean, Truman Capote, a household name. Yeah, at the time, for sure. Maybe not, like, for us growing up, but, like... No, but, but of the, yeah, of this, of that time, of the f- 50s through, I'd say, even the 80s, like, you know. Yeah, so it's, like, I think the people who thought, like, it was mimicry... Where people maybe, like you were saying with uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, mm-hmm. um, how you're a big Queen fan. But for us, this is a blank canvas to me, and it's just so good. I love that he says, Perry, I know what exacerbate means. <laughs> you know, he's he's being more blunt with him now. He's got to finish the book. Yeah. That's all I want to hear from you. Like, he's he's kind of making it clear. And the look on Perry's face is almost like betrayal. Not like betrayal, but like in terms of like... Betrayal, and I mean, the more we get, more we learn about him once he shares with Truman, it, it's... I think upon multiple viewings, I think, I honestly, I, the, the face he gave, like, I was a little scared at that moment. That was just... I remember the man came in and says that, you know, terrifying, like, that... He, the way he's depicting him is terrifying. And Truman doesn't react, but he's almost taken back by it. Like, he doesn't seem like these... To him, like, uh, Perry isn't terrifying, but he's too close now. Yes, yeah. I mean, Truman definitely just had a, a tough life. And s- sexuality aside... Uh, or even but, his voice, as he says before. Like, yeah, vo- voice and... Uh, but growing up in the South, and it's, I think, both I think him and Harper's mothers had a, a mental illness. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, and so this is when he scares me now. Since so his what his one surviving his sister sister. You think they should, if they said she lived in Tacoma, you think they shot this in Tacoma? This is uh, Canada, according to IMDb. Okay. Very no, very Tacoma like. <laughs> Toyota. Do they still make Tacomas? 
I think so. There's we'll a, have to ask. Uh, why don't you put him on speakerphone? Yeah, we'll get Dan, Dan for our, back uh, in the our truck expert. <laughs> Look, this very much looks like a grandma's house. Yeah. <laughs> I just even like like Truman's outfits have you know like when he first went there and just that very how I made that comment about the coat that he was wearing mm-hmm. like he's just dressing a bit more simple now like he's yeah, yeah, you know, he's he, blended into the Kansas you get a sense he's not putting on the show anymore yeah well you know? as as yeah with that last conversation that he's made he's making it clear I think this is the one of the bigger scenes, right? Because he's... Oh, what's the name of your book? Yeah. Mm. And just now, now we just know an absolute lie is being told. And then also, I mean, In Cold Blood has been adapted into at least a movie. I know there was a miniseries at one point. So it's kind of a whole spider web of uh, two Capote movies about this story. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Right? Like, it's like, there's almost like... Its own verse. Of, like, we talk about twin movies, but then also twin movies and movies. Yeah. I don't know if any of them came out the same time. That would be interesting if there was an In Cold Blood movies that came out. <laughs> I was looking before there was. I think there was in the nineties there was a mini series, and I know, but I know there was an In Cold Blood that. Well, let me look it up just for shits and giggles of uh, the old S's and G's. Yes, love my S's and G's. <laughs> now could I? I couldn't possibly. Sorry, people. <laughs> I love when people are like theoretically watching this and we're just saying the lines <laughs> in a worse version. <laughs> oh my god, so impactful here though. Again, I feel bad that, uh, the, I forgot his name, but, which I feel bad about that Perry. too, but no, but Perry, the actor who plays him is not, he didn't get more recognition for this because I think he's really good too. Oh yes, yes. Okay, In Cold Blood. There was a 1967 movie and then In Cold Blood TV miniseries in 1996. Ooh, with Anthony Edwards and Eric Roberts and Sam, <laughs> Sam Neill. Feel that Anthony Edwards playing, and let's Eric see, who Roberts was playing were a TV actor at the time. Hot okay, Eric Roberts plays Perry Smith. Sam Neill plays Agent Alvin Dewey. Well, Alvin Dewey's been played by a lot of people and a lot of great actors. Yeah. Doesn't say who Anthony Edwards plays. Sometimes it's weird. Sometimes then you click on the actor, and then once you go into their profile, let me scroll down. And IMDb, you're saying? Yes, an IMDb. He played Dick Hickok. Okay. Good old, right in the kind of the early days of ER, right? 
We should do an ER podcast. I liked Anthony Edwards in Zodiac. I like Anthony Edwards in general, honestly. In, no, he was in ER, not General's Hospital. Oh, shut up. That's not what I meant. <laughs> um, I like Noah. And then let's see. Noah Wiley. In Cold Blood, was this a... No, that this isn't... There, there was a, I saw like another t- TV miniseries, but it wasn't. It's just you know something called In Cold Blood. Like, how can you name something else, like, in Cold Blood? You know, like, it's a great title, a... but maybe some yeah. of the rights to it or something. Yeah. Because it's tricky, right? Like, if you do in Cold Blood... Oh, we tied up... We t- this is... We, we, yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing, you need to do Truman Capote's version, because it's called that. Like, you need the rights. But it's a true story. So if you don't call it in Cold Blood, you could just do it without buying the rights. Oh, that's... Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I just want to be clear. It's not like the other guy is like a saint, too. Yeah. But just look at... Look at what Philip Seymour Hoffman is doing now. He's just having that... Just like, his eyes are just telling me... So much. He just... It seems like there's just like a swirl of like emotions going on in him. Hearing Perry finally share this. Absolutely. Because you know he didn't want it to be true. You know he suspected it, but he didn't want it to be true. Yeah, at least he wanted it to be probably like much more all on Dick than Perry. Absolutely. But it's what makes the movie so compelling. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, my God. Just even the way Perry's telling a story and looking into my eyes, and they just, they're cutting to these, you know, pretty close-up shots, like the very mirroring shots of Perry and Truman right now as far as framing their faces. Perry's a bit more closer. Like what was the last thing Bennett Miller did? I think Foxcatcher, right? Crazy. He's got to do more. But I think we've actually, now that I'm jogging my memory, I think he's said, like, I only do movies I want to do. Yeah. He's like that kind of director. I mean, I thought he was very nice. Oof. Crying on command. Oh. Mm. I wonder if... I'm I'm curious. I need to look up Daniel Craig in Cold Blood. Like, they just... Looking at the... um, pictures of Perry in um, oh and this is the point okay this is so he yeah he he kills the dad oh, oh. and this is when he just we, then we see everything oh. 
And, you know, the title, In Cold Blood. And that was like our first murder yeah. image. And it really is In Cold Blood. That's what they made Daniel Craig look like. Oh, wow. He kind of actually looks like him. Yeah. The real... I was yeah, we're just thinking like Bond. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh, was the other guy played by... Wait, who's... Who did I say played? Oh, and then that was the big kicker, that there was only 40 or $50 in the house. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lee Pace oh, played damn. Dick Hickok. That's damn. a good that's Well, a, we'll, do, we'll cover it on our podcast. Yeah. Which should be called Mirror, Mirror. Mirror, Mirror. And, and there is the twins. movie Mirror, Mirror that oh. came out. <laughs> The same time as like Snow White and the yeah. Huntsman or whatever. Not and twins. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the theme. Oh. Did they have the? There hasn't has there been the release party for uh, To Kill a Mockingbird yet? I don't think so. No, right? Because that's when he's like jealous of her and drunk. Yeah. Right? He really shows an ugly side of him. Yeah, it's just a real... It's a downward spiral movie, you know? Absolutely. And you wouldn't think it would be. Yeah. Because it should it be his glory be, of It like, ends up being... I mean, what, it, like, it might be a stupid question. Is is this his most famous book? I would say so. Right? Okay. Yeah. Like, I know, obviously, Breakfast, Certainly in Breakfast today's and Tiffany's... Time. Certainly in today's time. Yeah. But people know Breakfast and Tiffany's more for the movie than... Yes. ...than the book. Yeah. And like you said, the fact that it pretty it opened up a whole new genre, like, even in, in the sense of what it's... It's his most... Impactful. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Is this going to be passage of time again? Uh, at this point, he's just spor- four years. So this started since 1963. I don't even. Now. I don't even remember it went to this much of a jump. So we are now in like the age of. I remember they wanted to finish it in like a couple months. Yeah. <laughs> And you would, and probably you know, the nonfiction aspect, and since that wasn't like a a novel genre, they probably did think about it from an article standpoint, yeah. and how those are quick quick turnarounds. You know? Absolutely. By the way, I love his pants. Yeah. Oh God. Jim Bean, you a Jim Bean guy? No. I thought I'm against it, but it's alcohol and the baby food. So he does eat baby food. Did I say that he didn't? No, because I, I thought he did, and then I saw him feeding it. Oh, so I was like, oh, okay. I, 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 I guess that. I misremembered. But. Yeah. No, it's just, it's such a, I mean, not subtle because it's a very close-up shot, but like, what a simple reminder of just then his like attachment to that. Period. Yeah. That, that moment that he shared 
that he was sharing with Perry. That vulnerability. It was such a vulnerable moment for Perry at that time, and now, you know, I don't think I don't think um, I guess it feels so bad that I keep forgetting uh, <laughs> Bruce Greenwood's character's name. Bruce Greenwood. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I don't want to say Bruce. It just seems like his Green Bruce Wood. Bruce. Nothing against the name Bruce, or that there's anything against that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> covering all bases here. Um, Bruce was actually a it's another situation where I have to. Go oh, this is the party to. invitation. Bruce was actually a gay slur at one point. Did you know that? I think I did. Like, I think that was like, which is so dumb. That was like there the, a famous before Springsteen gay it was like, Bruce? No, it was just like, oh, what is he a Bruce? Like, it was so so dumb. <laughs> Just look at the, like, yeah, the way he's posing. And just, sure, even in that movie, right? Intoxicated, it seems like. He just loves it. He, if he's not intoxicated off alcohol, which we know he is, he's intoxicated off just... Jack. What a Jack, simple gotcha. name. Jack Dumphy. He's intoxicated off the flash bulbs. Mm-hmm. You know, he loves it, and he hates... Well, we'll find out. Like, yeah. Harper has been nothing but nice to him. Helping Har- him Harper, for no reason, really. Harper, I guess she gets paid a lot. Harper, at this point, I'll do a, a very basic analogy right now. Capote, Batman, she was Robin. The dynamic is being flipped. Yeah. And obviously, on top of that, he's as we said, like he's just like, I've been working on this damn thing for four years. It's kind of when And not by himself, because she was you know. there. Like, you know, I mean, she was even visiting Perry when he was in Spain. So... Like it's just as much her book as it is. So maybe maybe that's stretch a stretch, but I hope like she got the credit. And she did. He didn't give her credit. Oh, you're that right. Was, they had a falling out, not a falling out, but she was very hurt by that because supposedly after he finished the book, then they did. I read they did like a a road trip together to Alabama where they grew up and had like a little down memory lane kind of thing. Um, but just the finishing a thought that I was having before when I was then I uh, couldn't remember that Bruce Greenwood's character's name was Jack. Just like Jack has no idea of that whole baby food thing, you know? No, no. So the fact that but he's just like putting the alcohol into the baby food and doing that like, you know, maybe Harper would have recognized that, but just like Jack has no way of knowing. And he's just and right now Truman's just truly playing the martyr, you know? Yeah. Like they're torturing me. How did you like the movie? Oh, okay, so the book came out. Yeah, because the book came this out. This is the like, movie premiere, yeah, yeah with Gregory yeah. Peck. Because I think they were, like, really close together. Yeah, I mean, I think the book came out in 1960. Like, when she was, like, first going and traveling with him, she was working on her book at the same time. Supposedly, there's, uh, or at least Truman said, and this sounds like a very Truman thing, but there's a character in To Kill a Mockingbird that he thinks Harper based on him. Mm. Um, I, I read it in trivia before. I did not write down the name, but I'll look at. I'll look at a. I'm gonna search characters from Kill a Mockingbird. And did you read I'll, the new the new one? <laughs> did you read? Never mind. No, but the, the new ass. the new one came out. Uh, it was a, a sequel to Kill a Mark, Mockingbird. Nicole read it. I didn't. Didn't they do something like really? Like, she had a, either she like don't she, they make. The family released it. Someone don't they make like a oh, I don't a, a, what you call it like racist uh, in the end like uh, boo 
No, but <laughs> Jesus Christ, you know, Greg, behind my, I don't, yeah. Atticus Finch. Okay, I don't know. Actually, I don't know, but I know that uh, a lot of her fans were like, "This isn't fair." Like, she hasn't really. There's rumors that she didn't consent to this being released. We'll just put it that way. And like, yeah. the family did it for money. I don't know if that's the case. I'm just saying rumors that could be completely off base. I don't know. I know it was popular when it came out, like a year ago. Mm. Oh, Dill Harris. I think that's a friend of Scout's, and they're just like very much like I think Scout is kind of supposed to be Harper Lee esque and Dill. Gotcha. Because I mean that makes sense. Scout Tr- Harper, like you know. Yeah, because Tr- Truman again, Truman and uh, you know they grew up together. They met when they were five years old. Crazy, right? Like, As like, the turn of events of just yeah, the two of them meeting, like two of them so powerful in like the twentieth century literature. Powerful, influential two pieces of literature. I mean multiple multiple pieces of literature, but in the end like Well for the two Harper be- Lee was her only book until this recent one. Yes, I just meant like in combined of all yeah. there. Like he had he had more than one. Um but just Sorry, continue. Um, no, that, you know, yeah, that he had more than one, so, but, you know, the, the fact that the two books that are being covered in this movie end up being, you know, like, obviously, two of the best-selling novels and influential. Yeah, two. If you made a list of top... American... American, like, 100 books of the 20th century, so like 50 books of the 20th century. It'd be like century. these two, then, like, The Great Gatsby. And, well, yeah, they're, they're on the list. Yeah, they're on, they're on the, the list. list, yeah. Remember when Barnes & Noble used to, like, have the, what's that the author bag okay oh, no, a bookstore a bookstore was a place what's where that? you could buy books not online what's a book <laughs> no no not familiar with it anyway so at Barnes and Noble they used to have the bags of like the author's faces on it I'm pretty sure both these authors have their faces <laughs> well that's that's the Mount Rushmore of literature the the Barnes and Noble bag I'm saying yeah the... or like in the store they used to have like Photos of famous books, yeah, Not photos. or like murals, yeah, yeah, like I, like the AMC at Garden State Plaza. Yeah. Well, that's another story for another day. New Jersey, hashtag Jersey life, hashtag Jersey life. hashtag AMC theater chain. Oh, this is, wait, sorry, that Truman was able to make it. Hmm. Ooh, she's being, yeah. You know, he's, uh... Balaban is definitely, or Mr. Sean as his character, is definitely, uh, you know, like, feeds into... He's an enabler. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And Truman is just... He's depressed right now. We've all had a bit of the, the sads. No? We all get upset. But that's why I like my S's and G's. <laughs> but, but when I'm sad, I don't murder people. So. Not that Truman did. <laughs> or did he? Is that the With his story? words. Yes. With a thousand paper cuts. I murdered with my words. <laughs> yeah, we make our own Truman movie. It was... Capote all along that committed these murders just to write a new novel. <laughs> I'm gonna start a new genre. Actual murder and I write about it. <laughs> well, OJ did it, right? Well, he said if he did it. That was his But book. did he write a book then? Yeah, he wrote a book called If I Did It. <laughs> and it got like... Deep? 
Like, did it go, like, did it have, like, things in it that people were like, like... It was very controversial, and then the... Well, I mean, it would be controversial <laughs> okay. anyway whatsoever. The Goldman family ended up, like, getting the profits off. Of oh, okay, I remember that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A telegraph. I wish we still had telegraphs. I don't know why. It's, uh, yeah, well, you know, text. <laughs> you don't even text anymore. You just, like, you voice the text all the time, right? <laughs> I, yeah, I, uh... <laughs> Exactly. Again, I said it before, Bob Balaban and a lot of the other people, even big names or like, you know, known names, look like they belong in this era. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the scene. It's just like, yeah, that's what, I mean, that's why Harper wanted to, well, well, uh, Dick is, Dick is being a dick, but I mean, I guess. Dick is a dick. Reasonably so. Essentially, Truman Capote profits off of. That's always weird with true crime, too, right? Like, people write these books or have these shows, and like, I wonder if the family is getting any money. I doubt it, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'd be pretty upset if someone, well, obviously, if one of my family members was murdered, but then I uh, had to, you know, reprocess it again in like a art form, and then not make any money off of it. That's got to be such a... I mean, for the, then the family members and everything like that, that's just got to be such a weird... I know we joke around a lot on the show, but I sincerely hope you or I don't ever have to deal with that. I mean, just think of even, like, current things. Like, you know there's going to be something probably made about, like, let's say, like, Kobe someday. And just, like, what a weird sense that'll be for such a tragic event that happened. Yeah, I can't even honestly fathom that. But you're right. You're not wrong. But... <laughs> yeah. This is just Truman, absolutely. Any uh, any words on Kobe? How appropriate? Okay. I, I I can't I can't speak to. I mean, I'm just you know, I'm not a basketball fan, nothing like that. He, he didn't really. He didn't mean much to me, but it's just an absolute god awful tragic thing that happened. Like just, I mean, you know, just Gianna and the other children on board, and especially, I, I mean, everything's horrible, but in particular, the. The, the parents and their one daughter and now they have they had they had two boys and now those boys lost their sister and their parents Crazy. like out of everything it's all horrible that to me is just no it's Truman is uh, yes. expressing he, he's feeling how, how we feel right yeah, now and that, yeah oh, and this but, is just true I mean I feel like this is the clip that played like at the Oscars probably know? I mean they, they usually play clips but look at his forehead look at like the veins look we watch more Hoffman films than anyone and it's just so, just to see him make these motions, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Mm. Ah. And then, could you imagine just being in that situation and hearing that door? Like, Ugh. it's time. And this is, look, he's crying because <sighs> he does care about them, Perry, but it's also, this has been a huge chunk of his emotional life. Yeah. I mean... Something that I, I, I can't imagine. Uh, just him saying goodbye right then. Yeah, that's just... 
I like I like how um, this is a random Game of Thrones reference, but you know how, like, in the first episode, Controversial. Like, Ned Stark is like, you know, he who passed the sentence must swing the yeah, sword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I feel that very much here. Episode that, one, scene three. <laughs> <laughs> but he has to, like, he doesn't have to, but I think he feels an obligation to, he made this story famous. He needs to be there when it ends. We, there's, I completely agree, but there's also, I feel like, so many levels to it just in the fact of that we saw him open up the coffin to look at the victims, too. Yeah. He has that level of, like, he wants to punish himself. And on top of then... Even I guess what I'm saying, even if he didn't have the guilt that he has, which is a big reason of like why you're saying like what he's doing, what he's doing, mm-hmm. I think he would still watch because he just kind of has a bit of a lack of a better word, perverse to towards it. Fair, you know, that's definitely an like just like well. just you know, self-inflicting. You know, he's a Capote is a troubled individual. Dropping that new song. It's just, it's just, Again, this movie does not shy away. Yeah. What's the, he, has a, he has a few final words, right? I think, does he apologize? I forgot. I think, yeah. Well, we'll find out now. Hmm. Was that like when Dad didn't come to your little league games? <laughs> just seeing like the the air, you know, they're just outside in the cold. Yeah, I think if they're in a barn. In the, yeah, in the in, in this barn. But yeah, yeah, not insulated or anything. Yeah. And just the you know, mm, those that cut that was a. Foodie films. I think you've been asked this before, but maybe it's changed. You're the foodie films man. Yeah. You're on. You're you're on death row. You're about <laughs> to get it. Oh. <gasps> it's mm. so dramatic. I don't ask specifically like death row last meal, but that is a question in my gut instinct segment of That's like what, what would be your last meal. But I'm asking you, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna pull like the whole like well everything because I'm gonna be able to say like what no, would I no eat? come on I would um <laughs> not laughing at the hanging I'm laughing at your answer yeah. just trying to trying to put some levity Did in they a hang dark dick moment. already they don't show they it. didn't show it right? yeah which is that's always interesting um so. My big one, I I know, like I know there would be like a like some smaller things, like little bites of stuff that I would really enjoy. Um, but the big things would be uh, barbecue uh, spare ribs that my mom makes, and like coleslaw, and like potato salad that like st- that stuff that she makes. And Very then, Americana. And then these uh, cream puffs that my grandmother makes. Well, no, but it's Amer- It's I mean, it really is one. Of the, but I would honestly want like 
but I'm getting almost getting emotional. <laughs> What'd you do to get in this position where they're gonna hang you in Kansas? I'm curious. But no, I'm just thinking like I would want like one like little like I think that would make me like think of like happier simple time. Like, oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Life got really complicated <laughs> for you. You're you, you're about to get be hung in there. Yeah. I, I how much would you pay for that? That drawing? Yeah. The literal drawing, like from the movie. Um, I, I, 200 bucks? Maybe. Signed by Fulton Hoffman and Ben... And yes. Ben and Miller? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hoff fans, I also accept gifts. So <laughs> if you... And when he said... When he meant gifts. Yeah, I get, get, yeah, the animated... <laughs> Who's that? Uh. The most famous writer in America... And, and see, he never finished another book. That's crazy. It's too I mean, it's kind. Of, it's they definitely didn't. Just uh, there was always that rumor that we didn't address that Truman Capote wrote *To Kill a Mockingbird*, but I don't think that's true. No, that he just like like have my friend have success. Doesn't seem like he would be that kind of guy to be like. Let me just share the love. And if he wrote it, he would have said, "I wrote exactly." It. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, 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 so, yeah, like, yeah. That's why yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Again, we only know from this movie the depiction, but yeah. No, so uh, that's Capote. That is Capote. Bennett Miller, simple. Well, I'm Caput. What you're Caput from Capote? Dan Futter. Oh, Dan Futterman wrote it. I forgot. So the the trio from Camp. That is a true collab director, like three a trio of friends. And you re- you truly have the director, the writer, and the lead actor. That's like, kind of that's cool. That's, that's a, like that's the dream, a, right? That's a really cool. Like maybe that happened in like a, I feel like, and I know this course says he doesn't write his movies, but just the fact that he like works with his friends often, like I imagine maybe that came to fruition on a few. Maybe you know, I'm sure I guess like in the sense of like, uh, like big Oscar winning films. I mean, I guess even in the sense of like Taxi Driver that you had um, like Paul Schrader. No wait, is that? I seen the right person right now. That's the the leader of David Letterman's band. <laughs> exactly. So totally not the right person. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. No. It's wait. I'm, I'm I know so, what you're talking about. I'm being an idiot right now. <laughs> Everyone can just. I know nothing about movies. I don't belong talking about them. Absolutely uh, uh, ashamed that I am not. <laughs> Paul Schrader. Okay. No. I'm... Yeah. Okay. Who's wait. the guy in Letterman's band? Paul. Okay, yeah, what, yeah. Like Dave. Yeah, That's the hilarious. original, like, but SNL, like, like... Yeah, yeah. Right? Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's still just the fact that, like... Letterman like, band leader. Uh, yeah. Capote. Um, Paul Schaefer. Paul Schaefer, okay. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Wild. Okay, anyway... Uh, yeah, that was Capote. Um, again, good Fantastic movie. Fantastic movie. Still enjoyed it on the watch. And I just love how it ends just so... Almost like how it began. Still so abrupt. Mm-hmm. Again, good movie. And, yeah. Oh, that's what I was going to say. The three of them doing that. Um, Dan Futterman, Philip Zimmer Hoffman, and Bennett Miller is like every young person's dream when they go out with a camera and they film something with their friends. Like, yeah, every, like, not just NYU students, but no. the fact that they went there, I'm sure, like, every, like, it's just like, yeah, man, that's the, 
That's the ticket. But it just it, it was it was a for this movie it was a great formula. So you know, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know you guys were clamoring for Capote. I hope you know you liked. I hope you liked a realistic, uh, you know, depiction of Capote in terms of how it was when we were watching it with the laundry in the background <laughs> with our friend Dan calling and just us having a good time as good as a time as you could have when you're watching a movie where someone gets hanged at the end but I had a blast I hope you did too Kyle and you know we got a movie next month it's, well, it's been and uh, yeah, it was a while since we uh, probably the last time I watched this was when we watched it almost uh, I, I think it was it was about like two years ago um and uh, I really enjoyed this rewatch and just watching it side by side with you and, and talking about it. And uh, it was, this was a good one. And so we'll see this. Uh, you know, it's that I don't know if we'll watch this again. You know, for this podcast, like I don't know what kind of run we'll have. It's kind of sad saying goodbye to this one because this was one of the the this was peak well, performances. Yeah, yeah, we dubbed this the end of Act Two of his career when we broke it into three acts. And, and it's a start of, of new things. That's for sure. And the two films we're going to have on the ballot for next uh, month. Yeah. Well, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking of This is month. for February. And then March. This is we're talking about yeah. the March for... Life is moving well, too fast right now. March Madness, some would call it. <laughs> yes, his two big basketball films. Make oh, it rain. Oh, no. Oh, we can't wait, do you voted that Paul, down, yeah. guys. No, but these two films, I believe, are in his last uh, act, as we called it. So the first one, I'm going to have you guess them by me giving descriptions. Oh. This one was a surprise to both of us. Oh we both really liked. His same co-star is his co-star in that film. Uh, Late Quartet. Late Quartet, correct. I'm looking forward to definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Walk in. Walk in. And the fourth guy isn't that famous. He's like an Israeli actor or something. And the or? director was Israeli. Like so that, gotcha, was the, gotcha. that was the connection there. So late quartet. And, and the other one. like Imogen Poots, isn't it? Right? Is yeah. that how you're saying it? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get better at that, we promise, yeah. if you vote for that one. Ooh, for and the other... song, Hot Cha Cha. Or just Hot Cha Cha. Hot Cha Cha. Yeah, it was Hot Cha Cha. Okay. The other ones, the other film, again, I think is also in his third act. It definitely. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. This film, I could never pronounce correctly. Synecdoche, New York. Yes. Synecdoche, New York. Yeah, it wasn't too, I believe 2008. So, okay. So, so post this movie. Yes, yeah. it was in his third career. Directorial debut of Charlie Kaufman referenced a film of his earlier with saying Fuckfish adaptation. <laughs> Uh, he's made, he's directed a few movies since, but that was during a time period. Another filmmaker that uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman worked with, Spike Jones on Moneyball. Spike Jones was supposed to dr- direct Synecdoche, but he was it was taking too long with Where the Wild Things Are. Where which the I wild? think Michel Gondry should have directed that movie because Michel Gondry has a bit more childlike magic to his productions, and I think he would have. <laughs> You know, Where the Wild Things Are was just brought up on my podcast, High School Slumber Party Guys, in reference with you. Do you remember the first time you saw that film? Did it? Um, I thought I was in college and saw it. Or maybe it wasn't the first time, but okay. someone claimed they were with you. Wes? Yes. Well, when did that movie come out? That's what you... Oh, I should know because it came out like at the same time as... Uh... I, well, just because Wes, Vina, and I... Uh, didn't hang out from like 2006 to 2009 
so we when did, let me see release date yeah there's a good chance we saw it together for the you first said time. you guys saw it together at the Palisades Mall okay what were you doing before it strip club that's correct <laughs> <laughs> I just covered the girl next door <laughs> the girl next door at my uh, on my podcast high school slumber party and oh I remember this now Oh lordy lord! <laughs> Again, just just cover what the girl next door. Juxtaposition on, on my podcast, events. and we were uh, talking about there's a strip club scene in that movie. Yeah, and he's like, I was like, you go to strip clubs a lot? Something along those lines. The last time I was there, I was with Kyle Lace, and then we watched where the wild things are. <laughs> oh boy! So funny you brought that up. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> good night. No, no, no. The two <laughs> films that you guys will vote for are. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, a late quartet and Synecdoche, New York. And you could vote. Wait, or is it because the town is Schenectady? Yeah, but this is Synecdoche. Synecdoche. I'm like nailing it out. I had a hard time at first. <laughs> I still have a hard time. Uh, so you can vote on our Instagram. You could vote on our Facebook. Um, we'll put that poll out soon, and we will announce the winner of that vote in two Mondays from now. So wonderful. Stay posted for that. Thank you for stopping by at the new time, guys. Thank you for listening to Capote with us. We talked about foodie films on the Cage Club Podcast Network. You're going through your Mardi Gras thing, right, soon? Yes, yeah. That was, uh, it, it's from, you know, this is being released uh, on a Monday. And so this Wednesday will be the first of, so this is being released on February 3rd. February 5th it begins my Mardi Gras episodes, my New Orleans guests, so the 5th, the 12th, the 19th, the 26th of February, and of course, March 4th, Ash Wednesday, the day after Fat Tuesday, Penance Begins, and uh, I, I had a blast, I mean, I always have a blast going to New Orleans, but it's really, I, I feel like um, I'm just very lucky talking with all these great people uh, up here in New Jersey and New York that work in the industry, but down there, really fun. I tried to get a nice sampling of the city, a representative of Pat O'Brien's, the VP of Communications and Public Relations for the city of New Orleans. That was really cool to talk about, just how the city has changed. A musician, a butcher, a uh, legendary par- uh, parkway. baker. Ba- a ba- baker. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All of it. <laughs> just uh, yeah, had, had a blast, so please check those out if you're... If you're not even into food, it's just uh, hearing people talk about their careers. It's just really, uh, really interesting and just uh, very accomplished people. Yeah. Yeah, no. I can't wait for it. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited. Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras. Woo. A lot of good stuff there. Um, anything else you'd want to say really here? Um, I'll say this. Yeah. Happy Valentine's Day coming up. You want to? <laughs> we'll just say that. I mean, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'll, right? Uh. To, what to wish people or to give my I, my plans or what oh no you saying? don't have, you don't have to say anything uh, else I mean oh. but except the thing that you have to say to end the podcast every time that well stay uncool sorry I was talking to you <laughs> say it again say it again stay uncool. Sex a thing, sex a thing, you. I believe in miracles. Since you came along, you sex a thing.